0: Day and this morning we looked at God's purpose for the family and looked at some of those things. A few years back we uh, we were with you and as we said before, kind of gave you uh, hopefully some positive pointers uh, concerning the family and maybe the idea of maybe some things to do uh, to fortify the family and build a strong foundation for the family. But uh, as I was uh, praying about what the Lord would have us to bring this morning uh, On another family day uh, God directed me to a little bit of a different thought this morning So if you will find your place in Genesis We were in Genesis uh, in the Sunday school hour We'll be in Genesis again this, uh, this morning for the worship service But chapter number 19 is where we're going to begin Genesis chapter number 19 And uh, I was thinking about you know, family day and some things that would be important to remember, uh, maybe just some practical pointers, some things to help us. And uh, as again, we looked at uh, at this morning uh, in the Sunday school hour, God's purpose for the family and, and gleaned some things there. Uh, Lord just kind of impressed me this morning uh, to maybe look at some lessons from the other side. You know, you learn by, by uh, a lot of different things. You learn by exhortation uh, or you learn sometimes by experience and those kind of things. And, and one thing that I've learned through the years is there are two sides of the coin when it comes to learning lessons. There are lessons that you learn on things that you should do, things to do. When we talk about the family, we could say there are some things that we need to do. Uh, we need to uh, we need to uh, you know uh, make the foundation of our home the Word of God and the uh, and the house of God and the things of God and those kind of things. But I've also learned this: you can learn a lot of valuable lessons not only in what to do, but also what not to do. I, I think just as important for the home. We could we could give you uh, you know a a four point or a five point or uh, you would be more excited with a two point outline on things to do to fortify the home and to strengthen the home, but this morning God kind of just directed me in a little bit of a different thought. This morning, what not to do. Some mistakes that are made not only uh, oftentimes in the world in which we're living, but uh, but in even in the church, some homes, some mistakes that we might make. I want to I want to preach this morning on. Uh, I'll give you two choices for your, for your title. Amen. Lessons from Lot's family life, or how Lot lost his family. Families are falling apart all around us, and I'm afraid some of the things that we can point to are things that we're not doing or things that we're doing that we shouldn't be doing, some mistakes. And it's all right sometimes to make mistakes. We're human. But if we don't learn from our mistakes. And I think one of the greatest failures of Lot, we'll talk a little bit about what he did. We we know the story, but was this. Lot made some mistakes, but he didn't learn from his mistakes. He kept making mistake upon mistake upon mistake. And it cost him some things. It might seem strange this morning to have a family day message on Lot. But I want to draw your attention to the end of the story. In Genesis chapter number 19... I want to draw your attention to verse number thirty six. The Bible there says, Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son and called his name Moab, the same as the father of the Moabites unto this day. And the younger she also bare a son and called his name Ben Ami, the same as the father of the children of Ammon unto this day what a sobering passage of scripture to learn that this man by the name of Lot had children by his daughters one named moab one named ben-ami and they were the founders if you will of Two groups of people, the Moabites and the Ammonites, who from that point forward were a thorn in the side of God's people. We find it Lot's life teaches us some valuable lessons. Some mistakes that he made. We see some of these mistakes being played out even in the church today. Now the thing to bear in mind, and we could go back there, but just for sake of time we won't. But the thing to bear in mind when we talk about Lot, and I think we're familiar with this. But according to Peter, 2 Peter, we learn that Lot was a saved man. We're not talking about a lost man. We're not talking about uh, uh, someone that did not know the Lord. We're not talking about someone this morning that did not have great opportunity. Talking about a man who knew the Lord and had some great opportunities, but he squandered those opportunities. Watch this, and it cost him his family. You see, we can think that we can get away living like we want to and doing what we want to, but remember this there are always consequences to our choices. We can talk about that on the positive side. If we make the right choices, doesn't mean it's always going to be uh, uh, easy and wonderful and all, those kind of things. We understand there's, there's trials and difficulties and storms and, and those kind of things uh, in life. That's just part of it. But you know what? I, I, I learned this a long time ago. There are consequences to our choices. We make the right choices, there's blessing we make the wrong choices, there are grave consequences. We learn that from Lot. Lot's story. Let's talk a little bit about Lot real quickly. And, uh, and uh, let me remind you, again, these are some things that we probably are familiar with. But Lot was, uh, was Abraham's nephew. Uh, if you'll remember the account, Lot started out with Abraham. Uh, he was uh, uh, he was dwelling with Abraham. His uh, his family was with Abraham and his family and uh, and their uh, their herdsmen and all of those things. He started out with Abraham, and I'm giving you the Cliff Note version of Lot's life. We'll go back and look at some of these things in a moment. But somewhere along the way, Lot made a decision to separate from his godly uncle and drift toward the wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. We find, and you can just jot these down. But, but uh, uh, Lot began with Abraham. But in chapter number thirteen, and verse number twelve, we find that Lot was looking towards Sodom. Remember, Sodom is a wicked city. Sodom and Gomorrah were these uh, these. Wicked cities of gross immorality and iniquity, and, and, and uh, we know a little bit about that. God judged these cities uh, uh, very greatly. But uh, Lot started out with Abraham, and I kind of watch the progression. He's with Abraham, and then the next thing you know, he makes a decision... Remember, Abraham said, look, our, uh, uh, the land, the, our, our herdsmen and our flocks and all of this is getting too large, and so we're going to have to separate, and our, uh, our, our uh, herdsmen are having strife with one another. And so Abraham said, well, hey, you look in, you look in this direction and this direction. You choose which way you want to go, and, uh, uh, and, and we'll go in the opposite direction. Somebody might say, well, it wasn't Lot's fault. It was Abraham's fault for suggesting it. Well, you know what Lot should have said? No, I'd rather get rid of some of the flock than to lose my family. Abraham, we're, I'm, I'm staying with you. We'll say some more about that in a moment. But Lot didn't do that. Lot looked out and he looked, uh, he looked at the well-watered plains and he looked out there. Now Sodom and Gomorrah was in the distance. But he said, you know what? It'll be a whole lot better for me and my flocks and, uh, and everybody. It'll be a whole lot more comfortable. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, have, uh, we'll have food for the flock. It's just going to be wonderful. It's going to be a little bit difficult to go that way. I don't want to go out there in the, in the desert land and, uh, and where things are, life is going to be hard. I want to get over here where it's going to be easy, comfortable, and convenient. And he looked out there and he said, well... Uh, and then somebody said, well, wait a minute, Sodom and Gomorrah is in that direction. It'll be okay, I, I won't go that far. You ever heard that? It'll be okay. Here's a, dangerous, here's a dangerous phrase, get ready. I can handle it. And so he's, watch this, he started with Abraham, but the next thing you know, he's looking towards Sodom. He's not there, but it, every time he came out of his tent... Open the flaps. Sodom was in the distance. Chapter number 13. Verse number 12. He's pointed toward Sodom. By the time you get to chapter number 14. And verse number 12. The Bible says that he dwelt in Sodom. And by the time you get to chapter number 19. The Bible says that he sat in the gate of Sodom. Not only was he now dwelling in Sodom. But that phrase, sat in the gate, speaks of the fact that he was a judge in Sodom. As a matter of fact, the men of the city said that he came to sojourn. And now he needs to be a judge. So he drifted from being with Abraham... To being pointed in the direction of Sodom. But I can handle it. I'll keep my distance. Now he's dwelling in Sodom. And now he is an elected official in Sodom. You say, wow. How in the world did that happen? One step at a time. A little along. Mistake. After mistake. After mistake. Peter said... Interesting phrase. Peter said about Lot, it said that he vexed his soul day by day. Day by day. Now let me tell you the dangerous, another dangerous side of that. Let me tell you a consequence to that. When Sodom, or when Lot left Abraham, he brought his family with him. When Lot looked towards Sodom and opened a tent uh, flap every morning, he was looking at Sodom, but so were his children. When he decided to go now dwell, but he was only going to sojourn. You know what that means? He was just going to be there a little while. A short time. Passing through, a sojourner. And just passing through, regrouping a little bit. And when he chose to dwell in Sodom, guess what? Now his family's dwelling in Sodom. Day by day. Eventually, we know the story God judges Sodom. Abraham prayed for ten righteous people. We'll say a little bit more about that in just a few minutes. Lot is indeed rescued. We say, now wait a minute, I, I read the rest of the story, preacher, watch this. Lot got out of Sodom before it, was, uh, before it was destroyed. He did, but he lost his family in the process. His daughters and son-in-laws mocked him. His wife turns to a pillar of salt. His other daughters we just read about, read about with whom he committed incest. And fathered two wicked nations. If we were to ask Sodom, or, or I keep calling Lot Sodom. If we were to ask Lot. Lot, was it worth it? I'm not talking this morning about a lost man. Peter said he was a righteous man, a just man, rather. Into this story we find again some practical lessons, many of which I believe apply to the family this morning. Some warnings that we need to heed. Some things that we need to learn and in this case this morning, maybe some things that we need to learn not to do. Can I remind you again this morning, Satan is attacking the home. Satan is a deceiver. He's a master deceiver. Dads, moms, grandparents, we need to heed some lessons from Lot's life this morning. Again, lengthy, fairly lengthy introduction. I'm going to give you some simple points, some simple thoughts. Nothing new, but some things that we need to learn, maybe what not to do. Let me give you these real quickly. Jot these down We'll try to try to hit the scriptures quickly, but I want you to see what the word of God says. Number one, some lessons that we learn from Lot's family life. Number one, don't walk away from a man that has a godly influence on you and your family. I'm we'll gonna say that one again. What where did Lot mess up? He walked away from somebody that could have a godly influence on him and his family. In particular, Uncle Abraham. Amen. Look in Genesis chapter number twelve real quickly, show you some some interesting thoughts here. I'll give you these quickly. Genesis chapter number twelve and verse number four. Notice it says this. So Abr- Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. Just noticing these quickly. Lot was with him. When you come to chapter number thirteen and verse number one. The Bible says, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. Verse number 5, we find a similar thought there. Verse number 5, Lot also which went with Abraham. We find in chapter number uh, 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 13, I want you to note this as well. Chapter number 13 and verse number 11, uh, down as well as verse number 12, we see what we've kind of already talked about. We see that uh, Lot separated himself from Abraham. And uh, I won't take time necessarily to read that, but just jot those verses down. We've already referenced it. Secondary note to that is this as well. Everywhere Abraham went, the first thing he did was build an altar. When you began to read the account of Lot, you find no reference to him ever building an altar. You see, when he was with Abraham, the altar was emphasized, prayer was emphasized, sacrifice was emphasized, worship was emphasized. What an influence that would have had on Lot and Lot's family going down the road. But he said, no, I can handle it. Now, Abraham wasn't perfect. Abraham made some mistakes himself. Abraham went down into Egypt during a time of famine when he shouldn't have gone. And he brought Lot with him. And one of the problems there is Lot got exposed to Egypt. We're going to say a few things about that. But at least, watch this, in Abraham's situation, he learned from his mistakes. He corrected his mistakes. Lot never did. So what what was mistake number one? What lesson can we learn from Lot, number one? Learn this lesson. Don't walk away from a godly influence in your life. Keep your family exposed to people that love the Lord, that pray, uh, that, that serve the Lord, that worship God. Uh, listen, let's put some good people in the life of our children and our families. It's amazing to me how many moms and dads and husbands and wives separate from God's people for convenience or because they got offended. And they walk away from somebody. I'm not talking about somebody perfect, but somebody that can have a positive influence on the life of your family, and you just walk away from it. And guess what? Down the road, day by day by day by day, day by day. I'm amazed the longer I'm in the pastorate to see how many people will drop out of church because they didn't like the color of the carpet. And over a period of time, now the influence that they could have had from people in the house of God, men of God, and Sunday school teachers, and youth workers, they're not perfect. None of us are. But I'm going to tell you what, I'd rather have the people of God in my church family influencing my children than the world. And Lot took his children away from a man named Abraham and his family. And guess what? Before it was over with, guess who was influencing his kids? Sodom. Number two. Number two. Some things we need to learn from Lot's mistakes. Look in chapter number 13. We're right there. Verse number I want to show you, I would like to look at all of it, but we can't for the sake of time. Look at verse number 10. I want to show you a phrase in there. And Lot lifted up his eyes. This is when Lot and Abraham are deciding, okay, we're going to go in separate directions. Lot, you choose which way you're going to go, and I'll go in the opposite direction. That's what's happening. Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, watch this next phrase, like the land of Egypt. Catch that? The well-watered plains and Sodom and Gomorrah in the distance. You know what Lot said? This looks a lot like Egypt. Now, he wouldn't have known about Egypt had Abraham not took him to Egypt. That's another story, another message for another day. Abraham learned his lesson. Lot did not. And so Lot looked out there and he said, you know what? Looks a lot like Egypt. I, I kind of enjoyed my time in Egypt. I think I... Let me say this. What's the lesson? What's the point? The point is this. Don't look at anything that looks like Egypt. If it looks like Egypt, it's probably Egypt. Nothing of God's looks like Egypt. Egypt. God's path does not look like Egypt. God's will does not look like Egypt. God's ways does not look like Egypt. God does not have to put a smoke screen up to get us to worship Him. Whether it be in the home or whether it be in the church, if it looks like Egypt, if it sounds like Egypt, if it smells like Egypt, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. This is free, but there are a lot of churches this morning that's trying to look like Egypt and sound like Egypt and walk like Egypt and worship like Egypt. You say, what is Egypt? That's the world. And here's now, here's now a man who is leading his family and he says, Come along, family, let's go in this direction because it looks like Egypt. Hey, kids, what church do y'all want to attend? I want to attend the one that looks and sounds and walks and talks like Egypt. It's all free. But Lot made some mistakes. And he never learned from his mistakes. We're just going to let him go to the youth activity at Egypt. Sojourn. they got a couple of friends from school that goes to church at Egypt I'm not trying to be negative but you know what some negative stuff sometimes teaches us when your kids touch the stove you know what they learn don't touch the stove again not that I'm going to let them touch the stove but Negative experiences can teach us sometimes. Amen. I've got to hurry because I've got about 15 of these. Just kidding. Let's go. Real quick. Lessons Lot. Mistakes he made. Lessons learned from Lot's family. Don't walk away from a godly influence on your family. Don't look at anything that looks like Egypt because it probably is Egypt. Number three, learn how to fight for your family so somebody else won't have to. In chapter 14. And it came to pass in the days of Amraphel, king of Shinar, Arioch, king of Elisar, Ketolomer, uh, king of Elam, Tidal, king of nations, that these made war with Beric, king of Sodom, and with Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Admah. Uh, we'll go on down through all those kings and all of those, but when it's all said and done, look at verse number 11. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals and went their way, and they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. Now watch what happened. Lot chose to go to dwell in Sodom, and then this uh, this. Uh, four king Confederacy went uh, went to battle against the, uh, an allied group that in, uh, that included Sodom and guess what happened Lot and his family was taken captive. as you go down through there, look at verse number 14 now. When Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. Long story short, Abraham armed and trained his servants, and they went and rescued Lot and his family. Another head-scratcher is this. Abraham went and rescued him, and guess what Lot did? Went right back to Sodom. But let me, let me, let me say that Abraham went and fought. He trained his servants, went and fought for, for Lot. Let me ask this question Lot had servants too. Why didn't Lot fight for his family? Point number three is this. Moms, dads, fight for your family. So somebody else won't have to. The enemy is real. The adversary is real. And he's walking about seeking whom he may devour. And he he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And listen, here we are and and. are we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. And the sad thing is, are we praying for our families? Are we pray, or are we just expecting somebody else to do it? I've got to hurry. We need some parents who will fight the enemy for their families. Number four. I'll give you this one real quickly. I've already mentioned it, but in chapter number 19 and verse number 1. That's where we see that he sat in the gate of Sodom. Verse number 1, chapter number 19 says this, And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. He was an elected official. Watch this. Don't seek acceptance in Sodom. I'm just, I've just got one word underneath there, under this point. Woke. Woke. And I put that in air quotes there. Don't seek acceptance in Sodom. You know, I'm more concerned this morning with what God thinks than what man thinks. This one will sting a little bit, but it, while we're in chapter number 19, when it was all said and done, the angels came to, to bring Lot and his family out. If you'll remember the account. The men of Sodom, I need not go into detail there. We understand who and what they were. Look in chapter number 19 and verse number 8. Something that is almost beyond my comprehension. This is Lot speaking to the men of Sodom. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. Lot got to the point where he offered his daughters to the wicked men of Sodom. You say, What is this point? It's point number five. Don't give the ungodly access to your children. And I, this is probably pretty strong, but I put in parentheses, don't give access to the perverts. You say, well, we would never do that, but we'll turn them on and let, put the kids down there in the playroom and let them watch it because it's a good babysitter. And that stuff's going into their heads going into their minds we tell little Johnny to go up to his bedroom and leave me alone for a little while I need some me time and little Johnny scurries up to his bedroom and in his bedroom we give him access to a laptop and the internet Folks, we need to be real careful what we're exposing our children to. Number six. Number six, look at verse fourteen of chapter nineteen. I gotta hurry. But you didn't give it to me until about a quarter till, Uncle Josh. So I'm just I'm just telling y'all, amen. Look at verse number 14. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, Get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. So he's trying to get his family out of the city, but he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Why? Because of point number six. Don't live in such a way that your children will mock your warnings. Don't live in such a way that when you have to turn around now and give your children warning about the path that they're on, they look at you and say, Who are you to tell me? You're the one that brought us into this place. Oh, we need to be careful, moms and dads, dads especially this morning. Don't live in such a way that when you try to begin to tell your children some things, What they should do and shouldn't do and 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 share with them some things in the Word of God that they just roll their eyes and say, What? What who are you to tell me? Who are you to preach to me? Two more and I'll and I'll be done. Look at verse number sixteen. Again, amazing. Look at verse fifteen. And 16. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot. Mark that word, hastened Lot. Lot, let's go. Let's get out of here. God's about to destroy this city. Hasten. Arise. Take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And watch this. And while he lingered. Wow. Lot. God's about to destroy this city, and your family's going to be destroyed. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Get your family. Get your stuff. Let's go. Well, you know, uh, I'll get around to it. You know what? We throw stones at Lot's wife for looking back, and kind of rightly so because we are instructed in the New Testament to remember Lot's wife. But Lot himself wasn't in a real big hurry to leave. He lingered. What's your point? What's point number seven, preacher? Don't drag your feet when your family's in danger. Don't drag your feet. He lingered, he had to be dragged out of town. Let me ask you this question, and I'm going to move on. When are we going to get serious about the things of God? How long are we going to linger in Sodom? How long are we going to drag our feet? Listen, our kids are not getting any younger. When are we going to realize it's time to get, it's time to get right now. It's time to get in church now. It's time to get into the Word of God now. We're dragging our feet By the way, our families are depending on us. Two more and I'm done. Look at verse 26. Just some lessons we learned from Lot. Verse 26. But his wife, we just referenced this, but watch this. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. We know what happened. We know that they were taken out. They were told not to look back. His wife looked back. Became a pillar of salt. Notice the phrase. From behind him. You say. Oh and you know why she was behind him. Because Lot was leading his family out. Wrong. Lot had to be drug out. Of the city. And she's behind him. I don't know. I don't know. I may be crazy. But. If it was about to be destruction, if somebody said there is going to be a fire in this building or whatever, and and, uh, it's about to be destroyed, get out and get out now, I'm going to find my wife. And I'm going to take her by the hand, or I'm going to take her by the arm, or I'm going to put my arm around her, and we're going to make sure that we're going out together. But what was Lot doing? Running. And he left his wife behind him. You say, what's the point? Don't turn your back on your wife when she needs you the most. There's a lot of men that have turned their back on their wife. They've turned their back on their wife to run to a career Money or another woman, and they left her to raise the kids. We need some dads who will lock arms with their wife and lead them, not run and leave them behind to fend for themselves. That's free. Lot's wife needed leadership, love, and leaning more than ever. Number nine, and finally, and honestly, I don't usually have these long points like y'all got this morning in Sunday school and this one. I'm usually about a three-point outline and we go to the house, but it is what it is, amen? Go to chapter number 18 real quickly. just want to show you this. I know... The hour is getting late, I understand, but I want you to see this. When you go to chapter number 18, God told Abraham that he was going to destroy Sodom. You Remember the story? And Abraham began to barter with God a little bit. He said in verse number 23, "'Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked?' per adventure there be 50 righteous within the city god said if there's 50 righteous i'll i'll not destroy the city and abraham said well it's almost kind of like buying a used car how about 45 okay 45 well how about 40 40 you find 40 okay if i find 40 how about 30 I'd love to tell you all the story about my daddy buying a used car one time, but I don't have time. He walked away, amen. He got that guy down to $200. Drove off. We got down the road, and my mama said, go back and get that car. I ain't paying that much for that car. An hour later, we were driving the car, amen. How about 30? Okay, 30. How about 20. How about ten? Now watch this. Interesting. Did you notice that he brought him all the way from fifty down to ten? And God said, okay, ten. If I find ten. Do you ever notice Abraham stopped at ten? Why did Abraham stop at ten? I'm glad you asked. Because there were at least ten, but probably right at ten in Lot's family. When you begin to do the math, you can find it over here. I won't take the time necessarily for it, but uh, right there about verse number 12, The men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law, thy sons, and thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place? If you were to do the math, you'd find Lot, Lot's wife. He had two daughters that were unmarried that came out of the city. Two daughters that were married because they had the son-in-laws. At least two sons because it says that he had sons. So there were ten at least in Lot's family. And Abraham, watch this, must have assumed that they were all saved. they weren't. You say, what's the last point, preacher? Make sure your family's saved. If if you missed every point up to this point, don't miss this one. Make sure your family members are saved. And I'm not talking about saved physically just out of the Wicked city of Sodom. I'm talking about born again. You know, it's amazing that we will make sure our families are provided for and we will make sure that we have life insurance policies when we are dead and gone. That our family and our children are provided for. And that's a good thing. But you know what? You know what, my wife, my kids, and my grandkids need more than my insurance when I'm gone from here and they attend my funeral. And it's a great big brouhaha. It's going to be a good one. I'm talking to my brother one day, and he said, You know what, when I die, just set me in the hearse, set me, prop me up and fix my hand like I'm waving at people and drive me through town. Do you know what they're going to need more and more than an insurance policy is an assurance policy. What a disservice we would do to our families if we don't make sure that we are saved. And we make sure they are saved. Do you know the Lord this morning? Do your children know the Lord this morning? Do your grandchildren know the Lord this morning? morning? Lot's mistake was this he didn't even know for sure his children were saved I know it's a lot but I'm kind of like James said you know your life it's a vapor appears for a little while and then vanishes away I'm here for a little while I'm soon going to be vanished away from you Amen. so I'm going to give you what I got right now Lot lost his family And I don't want anybody in this room this morning to lose their family. So we need to be careful. Satan is real, he is a deceiver. He hates God, therefore, he hates you. He hates the family because God instituted the home. He hates the church. And he'll do everything that he can. How did Lot get to this place? Did Lot go from dwelling with Abraham uh, at the altar and having that godly influence, boom, and all of a sudden the next thing you know, uh, the very next day he is uh, he's sitting in the gate of Sodom being drugged out of the city, losing his family. No, it all started with a bad decision. He chose his flocks over his family. He chose comfort over consecration. And he was vexed in his soul day by day. He looked towards Sodom. He dwelt in Sodom. He sat in the gate in Sodom. Lingered in Sodom when he should have, been, when he should have left hastily. And actually had to be drugged out of Sodom cost him his family let's stand together father we love you we thank you for the day you've given us we thank you for the opportunity we've had to study the word of god together we thank you for the privilege that's ours to be in your house what an important day to have on the calendar family day And lord i pray that you would indeed bless every home represented help us lord to make good decisions Because decisions and choices have consequences. And so, Lord, we need your wisdom. Have your way, and we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen.